beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Real Presence Live. It is Thursday, October 12th, and we are at St. Anne's Catholic Parish here in Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm Karen Selensky, along with Father Craig Holcalter, the pastor here. I know we were here not that long ago, but here we are again. Thankfully, we're you know in another area of our listeners, and very happy to be here. There is a. It seems like we were just on. I know. I was looking up earlier today. Uh, maybe our listeners know this. But I want to go after, because we're on all the time, uh, Karen, we should go after the NAB Marconi Rodeo Radio Award. It's the most prestigious oh, wow. radio broadcasting award in the world. There we go. And it is not exclusive to either secular or religious. So I'm not sure the next step, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> and I'm going to propose uh, us as the co-host show of the year. Okay, that sounds for like the great. NAB Marconi Radio Awards. You never know. You never I know. I did not win Powerball last night, so I'm hoping oh, for this award. Shoot. I didn't buy a ticket this time around. So much money. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about money. We're talking to, we want to talk about grace, yes. those things that are everlasting. And in order to do that, uh, Karen, as we say every show, it really is, though, God is so good on the show mm-hmm. to us with our guests. We have a great lineup of four again this morning, yes. two-hour show. Listeners, thank you so much for your time. And tuning in wherever you're at, in the car, uh, office, kitchen, living room, wherever you may be, uh, we thank you for tuning in to Real Presence Radio and for all of your support. We're going to get to more of uh, those opportunities to offer us that support. But why don't we pray first, Karen, and then we'll dive into a great show ahead. Sounds great. I'm excited to be here. And who else to pray to and invoke the intercession of but uh, our patron here at St. Anne's Church, uh, the Grandmother of God and the Mother of the Mother of God. Uh, St. Anne. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Anne, I want to honor you with courageous devotion. I choose you after the Blessed Virgin Mary as my patron and friend. To you I entrust my soul and my body, all of my thoughts and feelings, as well as those of my family. To you I consecrate my mind, that in all things it may be enlightened by faith. My heart that you may keep it pure and fill it with love for Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and yourself. My will that, like yours, it may always be one with the will of God. Pray for me, St. Anne, that hope and joy may live in me, and that I may want to become a saint for God's kingdom. St. Anne, mother of the mother of God, and patron of our life, we love you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. That was beautiful. My mom always prayed to her. It was amazing. There's a lot of moms. Yeah, there, yeah. you know, and so that's, she's very um, near and dear to my heart as well. Oh, so good. thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, we have an excellent show. Karen, you can bring it in at where you're going to talk with uh, John Kahn's this morning. Yes. John, are you with us this morning? I am. I am. That, that was a beautiful prayer. I like that line, become a saint for God's kingdom. That just, that's uh. something that... Um, whether it's in my ministry or whether it's my wife and I praying for our kids, one of the things we're always praying for, just that they would become the saints that God needs for today. Oh, that's very beautiful. Yeah, it's, you know, John, it's such a uh, uh, 
rudimentary or basic petition, but it never leaves our lips, you know, that those actual words, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I was convicted. Oh, I, I can't remember what book it was that I was reading, um, but just they, they were really speaking about the importance of intentional intercession for your kids, right? That, that, for your kids, for your, mm-hmm. yourself. And, and I even, I've always thought that with your work, like, pretty intentional. Are you having trouble getting catechists? Pretty intentionally for catechists. Say, Jesus, let a catechist walk through the door today. <laughs> you know, just let him blow your mind when, when you pray for those things intentionally and repetitively and over the course of your life, you're going to see just amazing things happen. So, you know, we don't just pray for my son to be a saint, but we, we know some of his hang-ups. You know, my daughter, we know some of you, you can kind of forecast a little bit some of their, their personality and how that might affect Certainly. Them. You, mm-hmm. you pray into that, you know. Um, uh, my, my daughter's just full of light and life, and she's just got this beautiful bleeding heart, but Lord, please give her the strength to protect it, you know. Um, my son, you know, he's so cerebral and very intentional, but Lord, you know, melt his heart with love for you and, and oh. people, you know, don't let it just be an intellectual thing. So, yeah, I, I love that, just, just really intentionally praying and thinking about the people that are in, are in front of you, that are in your life, that you're called the steward, and, and what specific things that you can enter into that conver- conversation and with them and, and with the Lord and really pray for. John, we, um, you've, you've, you, uh, you answered my question without asking it, and I'm thankful for that. That's good rapport building already on the radio. You, <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you who you are and where you're from, but we already know your vocation. You're a married man with children. Uh, but please, to our listeners, John, if you could introduce yourself and then talk to us, uh, and, and I'll lead it in terms of your, uh, uh, the professional work, uh, Catholic ministry professionals, and uh, the goals and, and kind of the aims of what you do in that world to serve the church and the kingdom. Uh, but first, with who you are and, and where do you live, John? Yeah, so yeah, my name is John Kahns. I, I live in Lamar's, Iowa right now. I spent, um, like you said, I'm a husband and a father of three. Um, but I've I've been really passionate about working for the church for the last almost 15 years now. I think 13 years since I graduated from college, um, and I've worked in all kinds of capacities in ministry. I've been in Catholic schools as a camp, campus minister, working with youth. I've been in parishes as a formation leader, working with youth, adults, and families, the whole shebang. Um, I've done all that. I've also been a traveling speaker and, and musician at different times, a worship leader. I've partnered with diocesan events across the Midwest, um, just to because I'm really passionate about sharing the gospel. Um, recently, the last few years, I got my MBA with a concentration, like a focus on leadership, and that was something that deeply, it deeply moved me, because a lot of the things we were talking about, I kept thinking, this would serve the Church so well to have these tools, to have this as a part of the conversation. Um, and so that that's Part of what inspired this journey to start um, Catholic Ministry Professionals, which we're going to talk about today, um, but that's kind of been my passion and what I'm really focusing on at this stage in the game after this move to uh, a new location. You know, John, uh, it's what a beautiful way to start this interview and you offering, I mean, how you're doing that concretely with your children and a petitionary prayer and spirituality of the home and, and the growth of the domestic church in the home. It can, I believe it cannot be overstated. And I'm glad we led that way into what you do. Um, and, and your aim, as you said, the, kind of the desire of your heart was really to spread the gospel and how God used that desire uh, to lead you to start, uh, I guess we could call you the founder of this organization called Catholic Ministry Professionals. 
So when did it start, John, if you could share that, if you could teach us, when did it start and what do you do? What is the goal of the organization and bring us into your world of Catholic ministry professionals? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's relatively new. We just started it up earlier this year. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, you talk about having your main vocation. I, I, mm-hmm. I think we can often get distracted, right? A parish works so busy, ministry works so busy that sometimes we can lose focus in our, our family side. But the truth is that none of us would have started if my wife was the prophetic voice that only she possesses hadn't spoken into <laughs> some of my brain damage. Good for her. <laughs> Wives are good at that, I hear. I hear that. <laughs> so I, I, had had, uh, I had had coffee with a couple friends of mine who, who work in churches. And what often can happen is when you get, to people, get together with people who do the same work, you share the same frustrations, and then that's what the focus of the conversation becomes, just this deep mm-hmm. frustration. And so I was kind of just unloading my thoughts on, on my wife, on Brooke, when I came home after that. And she just kind of like, she just kind of put her hand up and, and she said, hmm. you know, John, I don't get it. Everybody that works in the church is just so frustrated. You work for Jesus. <laughs> You're the best <laughs> job in the world. And, and it, it just, it pierced my soul because I said, you know what, I, I agree. Like, not that it shouldn't have its frustrations, not that it, there won't be days that are just long and kind of stink, you know, um, but that there should be this really, this, this underbelly of it, this, this, this lifeblood, this life force, that, that it is a life-giving ministry, not a life-taking ministry. And so that, that really led me to, to spend a lot of time thinking and percolating on, you know, why is this the case? And I, I don't necessarily, you know, as I've been in ministry, it, it's not something that I've ever felt like I've been necessarily burnt out on or anything. You know, it's always had this wellspring in prayer and then just really trying to get better at my job so that I can do good work. And so, you know, it, it percolated for a while, um, but I, I had some thoughts that's really coming from my MBA and so we, we started a podcast, and that's been kind of the mm. main arm of it, because it's so easy to share. You know, you can kind of get your thoughts out there in the world, you can get some interaction, get some feedback, but it's a way to really start the conversation, and in a powerful way, and that can scale up or scale down, depending on the need and the demand, and um, how, it's, how it's feeding life. So that's, that's been the, the bulk of it, but the goal of it is really to help Catholic ministry professionals transform their parishes through their work. That's the main goal. Okay, I'm glad you said that. So I was I was swimming in, in the deep end of the pool you kind of created for us. I was trying to understand, and maybe on behalf of the listeners too, John, so your aim, which started with a podcast in what year? Can you give us kind of the timeline? What year did you oh, start? It, it started earlier this year, um, but it's it's been a work and something I've been working on kind of behind the scenes for, I would say, about two years. So that, that was really kind of a kickoff was earlier this year this year in uh, spring. And so when we hear, I was led down a different road just on in terms of paper and not knowing the context. So I'm really glad you offered us this information, John. I was, I had the, this understanding that it's actually for, for people in the secular professional world, but you're telling us that Catholic ministry professionals, the organization you're starting and for kind of a first step uh, publicly is on podcast by way of a podcast vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, that is for those that work in parish life. So business managers, directors of faith formation, uh, staff of a parish office. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? In, in the church world, in the ministry world, so often we get these awesome educations that teach us. It, it helps us to know all the church teachings. 
but there's not a significant portion of our education that has anything to do with operating in an office setting, working with a team to get results. Um, and, and I, you know, that's for the, the lay person who's working in the church, and my understanding, Father, you can correct me, but for pastors as well, you know, a significant, it's not a significant portion of the teaching. So my heart and, and my goal is to help people to become more effective teams, um, to mm-hmm. become more effective leaders, so that this most important job in the world, this most important work in the world, that it can have really deep and resonating impact in our communities and in our parishes. John, really quick, I want to put you on the spot. We're heading towards a break. This is a tough spot. But do you have like a favorite author or two? A favorite, well, like... I, I like the Bible a lot. You're witty. I could give you a whole slew of resources that I really like. Um, Father James Mallon with Divine Renovation, his book is, is really good. Um, Pat Lencioni, um, <laughs> he, he's got some really good books as well. Uh, I, was, I was hoping you'd say him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I love his work. and uh, but to, If I could be completely frank, I tried to get a job with them, but they wouldn't let me work remotely. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just start something. That's like us with Catholic Answers. You know, Joan, yeah, John, we tried to do the same thing um, with Catholic Answers and with Word on Fire, but Karen and I just don't get callbacks. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we are working for a radio broadcasting ward at the moment. Uh, uh, John, I, I wanna, I'm glad you said Patrick Lencioni because I think he, at least on a popularist level he's really good in this world of bridging this gap i could not this is tempting to me when i want to uh i want to kind of the our three guests ahead of you are following you are great but this is a topic i'd love to clear the schedule for and talk for two hours on because (laughs) i i now stepping into the world of pastor from the education world uh teacher and then administrator for 10 years uh it is close to my heart because you're you're spot on Mm -hmm. right that that the, the virtues of faith and piety and religion and hope um, and prudence do not always translate to the virtues of punctuality, organization, mm-hmm. <laughs> communication. Yeah. And, and these are all very Catholic ideals, right, that the saints talk about. They're just, it's just never, it's never handed on down. So, John, we are eager to re- resume this, this uh, interview with you. We're going to go to a soft break so that uh, our, uh, we can get some coffee in our system. Uh, we can take a break uh, for our ears. But uh, listeners, to all of you, uh, don't touch that dial. This is a great conversation. John Kahn's uh, from Iowa. He is the founder of Catholic Ministry Professionals. Uh, and we'll be right back with him. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. God's blessings to all of you today as you are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a wonderful gift and a grace that we have in our Holy Church is that we have 
a holy mother, Jesus' mother, who loves us so very much, and she prays for us. Isn't it wonderful to have a mother on our side, a mother who prays for us, a mother who loves us as Christ as our brother? then that means that Mary is truly our mother, our spiritual mother. And so as you pray that beautiful gift of the Hail Mary, let each of these prayers be as roses that is presented before her holy feet, and she brings our prayers and lays them before her son, Jesus, and all of us. Always listen to our mother. Listen to what our mother is asking you. Come to the Savior. Come to my son. Come to Jesus Christ. Your future, the future of your family, and the causes important to you are too precious to be left to chance. While no one can control the future completely, a little bit of certainty and predictability is good and healthy. Fortunately, Real Presence Radio has some practical methods to share with you to assist in establishing your will and estate plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, Real Presence Radio. I am one of your co-hosts this morning, Father Craig Hochalter, pastor of the Church of St. Anne here in Bismarck, along with Karen Selensky, uh, listening relations coordinator. Listener. Listener. Relations. Relationship. Relationship. <laughs> 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 no, I'm with Karen. <laughs> I was going to say, yes. you know, whatever title you do carry in the Real Presence Radio, they often give you, uh, they, you have a great jacket. That's a oh. great Real Presence Radio. Thank you. What the kids would call bling, <laughs> what I call a coat. Uh, it looks, it's very sharp. They, uh, they do a good job of Thank taking care much. of their, of their staff. And speaking of taking care of staff, uh, we're here with uh, a man who would have strong thoughts and, um, genuine feelings on, on office staff and bringing the gospel and bringing those virtues of the gospel and bringing that relationship with our Lord Jesus, uh, to parish life, parish office life, John Kahn's of Catholic ministry professionals. We're speaking with John this morning. He is the founder and the starter of this organization. And the aim of it, uh, John, is to bring um, the right aims, right, the right objectives, the heart that, that, that is, is burning with the love of God and, and, and the gospel to the workings and the operations of parish life. Is that correct? Yep, absolutely. And we're here to help people transform their parishes with their work. Now, good j- work, Dan. Good conversations. John, good leaders. In your to those good conversations, to those uh, good leadership, uh, what have you seen in in your um, you know in your in your experience, your your world of experience, some of the fruit? Your, uh, parishes contact you, and we'll get to that at the end of the interview of exactly how pastors and parishes and office staff can get a hold of you for your services. We definitely want to you know we definitely want to be a resource for you in that way as a vehicle of communication, but also. If you could, before we get to that, share with us what has been some of the fruit you've seen in your engagement with parish office staff. Yeah, and I'll talk in a little bit in general terms, but also in some very specific examples that that I've experienced. Um, But I I think one of the first things that people experience is 
um, certainly a freedom to follow what they believe God is calling them to do in ministry. Right? There, there's many ways where, you know, maybe you don't have a good rapport with your pastor, or maybe you just have completely different, you know, viewpoints of what the next step is, but it's hard to have that conversation about how to move in a different direction unless you have, you know, some of these frameworks, some of these skills that what we to do what we call crucial conversations to help move that ball forward. Once you've got some of those tools in your belt, you have a lot more freedom um, and a lot more confidence in approaching some of those hard tasks. And I would say the other, the other part is that they experience a little more hope in their work, just because we can get so focused on the maintenance of the Church, like just getting through Sunday, getting through Advent, getting through Lent. You know, we, we, just, we have these benchmarks, but they're just maintenance things. They don't actually further the mission of the Church to do a new thing that God is calling us to do. So when we really focus on these practical tools that we try to give them, they, they experience more of that, that freedom, a little more of that hope that, yes, my work is going to have impact, and yes, I, I can follow what the Lord is calling me to. But just some really basic things, too. Sometimes the tools we give give people the, the freedom to pursue really what well, might seem like a menial fix. Um, for example, at one parish, they didn't know how to operate the lights in the nave, <laughs> they had this really advanced system where they could bring up different sections and all that stuff. So it's about giving people the skills that they need, and it's honestly as simple as saying, just Google it. You know, but, <laughs> you know, not everybody knows that there's these really simple fixes for somebody. But once they have control of the lights in the nave, well, guess what? They can set their adoration time up, and they can have a different setting for adoration that puts all the focus on Jesus, you know, and turns on all those lights. And then it becomes this, this really beautiful experience that they can cultivate and curate for their people. Um in one parish, really discussing the need to um, fix some of the budget, and part of that was the way they were charging for their religious ed. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, to change the entire fee structure, and I'll tell you, the, they, some people were getting charged $1,000 for religious ed. That, that's like how steep it was. And, and I've been in religious ed, and I've ran religious ed, and I looked at that number and I said, that's not fair. <laughs> it, it's not worth what they're paying. And so being able to look at those prices, the families that are in there, and, and find a different structure that I think stewarded the people. Um, but the other thing that it did is they knew as soon as you change it, it's going to ruffle some feathers. So we were able to give them some really concrete steps for having crucial conversations so that we could talk to people as, as they came in upset, because some people got maybe charged a little more, but others got charged way less. And it, there was kind of this balance that needed to happen that also helped the budget to, to be healthy. Um, so really giving them that, that confidence to enter into those crucial conversations so that people weren't leaving the office more angry than they came in. <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> Especially when Jesus is your boss. Those, yeah. <laughs> Especially when Jesus is your boss. And so being able to have those conversations with love, but also saying, like, they, you know, there is freedom to to say, well, we gotta waive your, we'll waive your fee, we understand, things are tight, be able to talk with them. So really, again, freedom, but then hope that, you know, if we change things, people aren't just going to up and leave, because mm-hmm. we're doing it the right way. We're inviting them into something new, something more impactful, something more fruitful in their own, own lives. You know, and, and in another parish, um, changing the entire formation program, you know, setting it up so that uh, the ages of the kids that are lined up made more sense. Um, Honestly, pivoting a little bit away from traditional religious ed and into a different type, more like a family formation program. And that really upset some people, you know, but 
they make this move, and it actually is easier on everybody's schedule. Um, there was one parish having a conversation because they're having trouble getting catechists. So being able to walk through a process of saying, hey, parents, you know, educating them on their role as the catechist, the necessity that they're the ones teaching in the room, and then the reality that if they're not willing to do it, there just won't be a teacher for the room. You John, know, but you can... Go ahead. go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. No, no, you're just fine. I, I, I just think that one of the big things that we try to teach them is that pe- people will follow. Like, you know, parishioners, they want to go where the Lord is leading, and they'll follow you there as long as they know where you're going and why. So a lot of it is, is really communicating a vision with clarity, with transparency. And when you do that, it, it stokes little fires in people's hearts that resonate. They go, yes, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. Show me how. And, it sounds- and then it really opens up the dialogue. It sounds like, John, that you, um, there's a lot that you, your scope is very wide. I mean, from the structural and facility, you know, gaps and, and ignorances in controlling the lights to uh, something more substantial in terms of the actual, uh, you know, the bones of a faith formation in parish, parish education, religious education, that your, your hands and, and what you do... Uh, your skill sets are really transferring into so many parts of parish life. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, <laughs> I think it all sums up. I mean, you started with in the interview, John, a few moments ago is, and, and you know, maybe in the dialogue, you didn't communicate this in these words, but as you and your wife had this, you write this exchange of, of we work for the Lord and, and like any part of life though, right? Whether we are in parish work we are uh, school teachers in a public or private school. We are attorneys. We are nurses, right? We, uh, we work for the government. Whatever it is, uh, we're salesmen. That the, the prolific and never-ending principle that if God wants you to do this, he's going to bear fruit in your heart with it, right? Like, there's going to be joy in it. And is it, is it taking nourishment away or giving you nourishment? And I mean, I've, I've certainly have had those conversations at uh, the school level as a principal, and um, they're not always welcomed. But in the end, people thank you. But it's interesting to me, and I don't know if you have insight on this. Where, where do you think, John? Wh- where do you think it comes from? This like horrific opposition to change in Catholic parish life. <laughs> like, where does that come from? Do you think? Like, well, do you do you think the the evil one just has his teeth? into us that you say that C word, I mean, it can be as simple as I'm changing the tablecloths downstairs in the parish center from green to blue and people go, I mean, it's, you're thinking it's world war three. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I think it's, it, it's actually pretty simple. Um, what it, it's evolutionary, right? If you, if you look at the way we're developed our biology, if everything stays the same, we feel safety. If something changes, you know, suddenly your body notices, or, you know, you think about our, our forefathers, if they're fighting saber-toothed tigers or whatever, suddenly something changes, that means there's potentially danger. You know, there, there's safety in um, repetition, there's, there's safety in monotony, um, and so change can be scary. And, uh, yes, I think, you know, a little bit, there's some spiritual level of warfare there that needs to happen, but I, I, I think this the big thing with change is often a lot of times, too, that it just gets pushed on people. You know, sometimes as a staff, we've had a conversation 10 or 15 or 20 times, and we go, okay, this is what we're going to do, and then we just do it. 
but we never communicate it well. So then this change feels like a threat as opposed to being this great opportunity and adventure that we're called on. But even, you know, adventure is scary, too. It, uh, Indiana Jones is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, too. You think he was you think he wasn't scared when he was going out? Of course he was, but that was the adventure. And we're called in this adventure of faith to follow the Lord and to go to the ends of the earth to, to bring the nations to him. You know, so it's, it, yeah, it might be a little scary. I, I think it's just kind of a natural response to something new, to something different. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I, I genuinely believe it's just natural, but I think the fix for that is to have real common sense, practical answers that, that answer those questions and those fears for people. Because I've, I've had moms tell me before in the past that I'm the reason the kid's not going to be Catholic, because I changed religious head of the parish. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so to be able to look at them with love and say, you know, we, we just talked about this, X, Y, Z, you know, this is the reason why we're changing this, and, and be able to respond. You, you can really lead someone in a conversation and, and at least propose to them the truth, and with love invite them into something new. And I, I think that's all we're trying to do is, Propose the truth, help them to to understand that this is the direction that we're going, and to really invite them to be a part of that with us. And John, when they do, I, I think when we confront fear, we experience fruit. John, what is the oh, good way for people to contact you if, if you've uh, invited them in, in interest or in wonder? What's a good way to uh, contact you? Uh, CatholicMinistryProfessionals.com is our website. And of Catholic course, we've got Catholic Ministry, ministry. Yep, sorry, CatholicMinistryProfessionals.com. John, thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, God bless your work. Uh, John Kahn is the founder of Catholic Ministry Professionals. You can uh, find him at CatholicMinistryProfessionals.com. John, we're grateful. Uh, We'll hope to have you back, and God bless you and what you do for parish work in the church. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. It is Thursday, October 12th. Father Hochalter, along with Karen Zelensky. We are broadcasting live from the Church of St. Anne in the Parish Center downstairs. We're going to a short break, and we'll be back with our next guest. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Authentic Dialogue What does the word dialogue really mean? After all, dialogue does not take place simply because people are talking. Mere talk is the deterioration of dialogue that occurs when there has been a failure to reach it. Dialogue first comes into being where there is not only speech but also listening. Moreover, such listening must be the medium of an encounter. This encounter is the condition of an inner contact, which leads to mutual comprehension. To listen means to know and to acknowledge another, and to allow him to step into the realm of one's own I. Thus, after the act of listening, I am another man. My own being is enriched and deepened because it is united with the being of the other and through it with the being of the world. What we mean is an utterance wherein something of being itself, indeed the person himself, becomes speech. This touches the very being of man as such, purifying and intensifying his potency to be who he is. 
Men are capable of reciprocal comprehension because, far from being wholly separate islands of being, they communicate in the same truth. The greater their inner contact with the one reality which unites them, namely the truth, the greater their capacity to meet on common ground. Dialogue without this interior obedience, listening to the truth, would be nothing more than a discussion among the deaf. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com.